When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Coming to you on a Thursday. Today is June 10th. Uh, we're talking LAFC and LA Galaxy. We have two very special guests uh, that I'm going to introduce. But before we get into that, a day before the Euro start, man, they're still in the international break, you know, with, with both LA teams here. But there's rumors, you know, we got Diego Rossi being linked to some teams in Europe. We're going to dive into that. But let me introduce the, the people here on my show. We got Kirk. Kirk, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, a pleasure, man. I've been talking to you and I'm, I'm happy to have you on the podcast. And as always, we also got Total Galaxy, a.k.a. Alex. Alex, how you doing? Hey, yeah, um, I'm doing good, Gio. You doing good? I'm doing good, man. I wasn't going to do a show, but then I wasn't going to do a show today. But then I, I saw the news. I was like, you know what? L- l- let's squeeze in a show. I reached out to Kirk. So, Kirk, I, I want to get it to you because I-, I know many, many of our listeners uh, don't really know who you are. Give us a little like five minute uh, background. Like, uh, how do you how do you become a supporter of LAFC? Yeah. So um, I grew up in L.A. Um, I played a lot of soccer as a kid. Uh, I just never really. Um, really clicked with with the professional game until I was older and had already kind of moved away. So I kind of missed the boat on galaxy. I feel. Um, and I, I tried to get into MLS a couple times and, you know, fell in love with the professional game more uh, overseas first. And especially with the national team. Um, and so I probably tried two or three times to follow MLS and just, it never stuck with me for whatever reason. Um, and then when LAFC was announced, I was like, all right, I'm going to make a conscious decision. Uh, this is going to be the team and we're going to stick it out. And uh, here we are. So I, that's kind of how I, I got into following the team. It was more of a hometown thing after I'd already moved away. I was in the Marine Corps for a while. So I'm, in a lot of ways, I feel kind of homeless. Like I've, I've just been all over the country. Um, and this kind of like tied me back to my, my childhood in, in a lot of ways. That's awesome. And uh, you're also host of, of the Counterpress po- podcast. Uh, tell us how that got started. So uh, my co-host and I, Josh uh, Cacho uh, at LAFC, Josh, we would just tweet at each other during games all the time. And eventually, like, eventually, like, we started texting and stuff like that. And it was like, I talked to this guy all the time about about what's going on during the game, what's going on after the games. Uh, and so we started, uh, we just said, Hey, let's have some conversations and record it. And we, we both are more, um, more tactically focused. And we kind of felt like there's a bit of a vacuum. There's a good show, uh, Dale Black and Gold. Um, but not everybody speaks Spanish. Uh, I do. So I, like, I, I would listen to their show all the time. I was like, this is a great show. And I wish it existed in, in, in English for people. So that was kind of, you know, we saw a vacuum in, in English. And so that's what we did. We, we started the show and here we are. 
That's amazing, man. And, and congrats on that. And that's how usually, usually your conversation starts. And I know that's how me and Alex, uh, you know, Alex is a regular on the show now. We just always talk, you know, uh, soccer, what's going on, obviously with LA Galaxy and everything. But yeah. uh, that's amazing, man. Um, you know, power to you guys. And now now you're here on the show and now people can hear all about that. Uh, Total Galaxy, uh, I know today, we, yesterday was a press call where Sega Kulabali, I said it right the first yeah, time. Yeah, you did. I, I keep wanting to say, I knew a kid named what with the Kubli. I knew I knew a kid named Kubli, and that's what I keep saying. I keep trying to say for whatever reason. I don't know, but I, I said his name right. Um, what were your thoughts on yesterday's press call? Um, really interesting, actually. Um, you know, him obviously saying that you know one of the things that kind of brought him to LA was the Lakers, right? So that's always interesting to see. You know, because uh, you know athletes all obviously have their sport to focus on, but you know they can also get some time off and focus on something else, like you know how we do here. And honestly, I'm really excited to have him on the team. You know, another defender. Obviously, the Galaxy defense has been quite the topic of discussion over the last couple of years with how bad it's been and just how. Um, error prone it really has been over the last couple of years so i'm interested to see how he gets plugged into the system we're gonna have some players be on international duty during this whole stretch during the gold cup and copa america so i think he'll get a decent amount of playing time yeah and i got a little ahead of myself but i wanted to talk about yesterday i went to yesterday's mls MLS all-star game it's coming to los angeles it's going to be against liga mx uh i was there i was there at the press event it was nice the commissioner don garver there was there uh, the president, I don't know, the commissioner, whatever you want to call it, League IMX was there. So it was, it was a nice event. You had a lot of people there. Uh, but, Kirk, give me give me your thoughts on the MLS and versus League IMX uh, All-Star game. Uh, I mean, I think I think it's good. I, I it's It always seems a little bit weird to just bring in, like, whatever big European club. It seems like um, this is a step in the right direction in terms of let's get something a little bit more relevant to maybe like the league or CONCACAF. Um, I am a little bit suspect of the growing, um, like the growing partnership between League MX and, and MLS. Like I said before, I, I'm not, I, I, you know, I, I, I die hard LAFC, but when it comes to the league, I have a lot of questions. Uh, and I don't, there's a lot of, I guess you could just call them ethical concerns that I have with the league. And the idea of the two of them getting closer and closer and closer is not what I want to see. If, if anything, I want to see, I want to see Mexico have a strong league like they already do. I want to see the U S have one and I'd love to see Canada have it. So in terms of relevancy, I think this is better. And I think you're probably going to get a better game because there's going to be more of a rivalry between everybody on the field. But um, I don't know. Sorry to be a downer guys. <laughs> no, no, no downer. I mean, you're being honest. So, so what doubts do you have about, you know, cause obviously all the talk is about potential uh, 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 in the future. I don't see that happening now, but potential they, these two leagues merging together. That That's the speculation, right? But what, what, what is your, what is your doubts with the league? Um, I, with MLS or with the, the potential for combining the two? Both. Okay. So, I mean, I'm, I'm for promotion relegation. I think that will help create smaller clubs and in cities like mine and Flagstaff um, that are actually like relevant um, because there's, there's the opportunity to do that. I think youth soccer will be better in the U S once promotion relegation is, is instituted and you have clubs that are being paid solidarity payments and can transfer players um, and, and help fund their academies better. And I don't see any of that happening with, with the way that MLS continues to just kind of like 
consolidate more and more and more power at each division of the game here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't think they would have this kind of power in Mexico. I think Mexico, you know, I think um, the Mexican league would be able to like hold its own against, you know, Don Garber, I guess. But um, that's my main concern is, is just MLS consolidating more and more power. And instead of pushing more decisions down lower, it's just, Hey, Chivas is a great team. Tigres is a great team. Club America is a great team, right? Um, let's, let's involve them. And now you have, you know, the LA teams, the New York teams, and seven or eight teams in Mexico that kind of run the show and everybody else is just kind of left by the wayside. Yeah. Uh, Total Galaxy, let's get your thoughts. Obviously, th- this is a big this is a big announcement. It was supposed to happen la- last year, but obviously COVID happened. Uh, we expect, right, Chicharito is going to play Carlos Vela. We're assuming Carlos Vela with the promo. Sorry, um, that's my kids. I know. It's totally, it's totally fine. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts, Total Galaxy? Um, yeah, I'm really... At first, I, I guess you could say I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, I just posted on Twitter. I don't know. I just wasn't as hyped for this as I think some people were. But after a while, about thinking about it, I would say it did grow on me. Um, it, it's a really interesting idea, and I like it. Um, just not only does it put MLS and the talent that is in the league on display, but also to League IMX. You know, like I think we, I, I, all of us here can agree we want. Concap to not only be respected but just also grow as um as people recognize it as like hey they play decent football here you know uh all the euro snobs that like to talk trash about mls or and all that stuff you know really annoys me but i really think this is a good opportunity um obviously it's going to be in la so i'm pretty hyped about that uh i may or may not go into the match i'm not i'm kind of 50 50 on it but overall, I'm pretty excited about it. I love watching Liga MX and MLS clubs go at it in CONCACAF Champions League. That's probably one of my favorite times of the year when those teams go at it. I think it's really fun and really entertaining because you can tell MLS really wants to beat Liga MX really badly out there on the pitch. So overall, I think this is a, a good idea. Yeah, no, and I think it's you're right. I think it's a good idea. Uh, I like w- what they're doing right now. I wish it would have happened last year, but it didn't. But now, now it's happening this year. And right, and uh, anytime, right, you have Liga MX or MLS teams, right, you're always going to want to compete. The tricky thing about this one is going to be on August 25th, right? So that's, I believe that's a Wednesday. Um, with it being August 25th, and then you three days later, you'll have El Trafico on August 28th. I wonder how serious they're gonna really gonna take this game because obviously the, the biggest the bigger the big game of the season is gonna be right three days later. So I think that's that's the only caveat and how much right if you have a healthy Carlos Vela, if you have a healthy Chicharito, maybe what they play the first 45 minutes and that's probably it, right? But um I don't I don't I, you, you always want to win a game you play, but I think especially this magnitude, right? And you're gonna be in LA and there's gonna be a packed house, but you know, three days later with El Trafico, I, I don't really see uh, them going all out, uh, you know, unless they, if there was like a week in between or something like that, or if it feels like now, like during a break like that, I think, I think it would be a little bit more enticing, but Kirk, what, what are your thoughts on that, on the scheduling? I think you got your unmuted. self-muted. Sorry. I'm trying to keep my kids out of this. Okay. Um, so I, I, I do think your concern is valid. Um, the one thing I will say is, you know, typically what we see with these all-star games is, you, your starters will play about half an hour. So I think, you know, if you have Chicharito and, and, and Vela and in uh, assuming Rossi's still here at that point, um, if they're on the field, which you would assume they'd be involved, um, you know, if they get 30 minutes, three days before, they're probably still fit for, for the, 
for El Tráfico a couple of days later. Yeah, and quickly, Tony Tony Banola's in the chat says this match is set up uh, is fair, fair set up fair. Two sides who have a couple of days to practice with each other oppose do a well uh, opposed to a well established club like Atlético Madrid. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's pretty fair because you got all stars from both from both sides, right? So they're not going to know each other as well, but obviously, you know, there's st- there's still going to be talent there. And I think the the big thing, right, is is you you we're gonna finally going to see. Uh, for the first, probably for potentially the last time, maybe Carlos Vela and Chicharito play with each other. Cause I don't, I think, you know, we, as far as I know, I think Carlos Vela has already closed the door on playing for the Mexican national team. Chicharito's situation still up in the air. We'll probably, we'll, we'll talk that, we'll talk about that later. But the, the other thing uh, in this, in this, uh, is that Bob Bradley is the, is the head coach, right? Uh, Total Galaxy, l- let me get, let me get your thoughts on Bob Bradley being the head coach. And I think this, I, my assumption goes on because of the year he had not 2020 but 2019 obviously covid uh happened so he wasn't able to he wasn't able to be their coach so i think they they they're pushing everything back and i think uh because of the season they had in 2019 he was going to be the all-star coach for 2020 um yeah it's an interesting move you know obviously lafc aren't at the top right now of of mls you know and i i guess you know cuz they are playing at bank california stadium i guess they kind of wanted to keep it locally and kind of limit the travel so Makes sense to have Bob Bradley there. Um, honestly, I have no problem with him being the coach, really. Um, hopefully, Chicharito or some picks up a thing or two from his tactics that he can use if they <laughs> play in the playoffs, you know. Always good to know the enemy. So, um, personally, I have no problem, or I don't think there should be any problems with Bob Bradley being the manager of it. You know, he's a well-established coach in U.S. soccer. So, it's not like, you know, it is, it's he, even though his team are kind of, you know, being inconsistent right now, it's not like they're, like, consistently bottom of the table. So yeah, I and I th- yeah, and I don't think. Uh, I think that I think that the, a lot of the chatter that I saw online was like people were curious why he was a coach, but I think everything just got pushed back, and I, I think that's the reason why. Uh, Kirk, what are what are your thoughts? I think it's good. I mean, we've seen Bob do lots of different things over his time in MLS with the with the men's national team. So I mean, it's not just that he has to bring people in and play LAFC's way. I mean. I, who knows what they're going to do. Um, I would assume it's just a matter of who they can get from each team and what that personnel looks like. You know, like if it's just kind of a standard four, two, three, one type of thing where they come in and uh, do their best to combine. And I think, I think that's the big thing is um, finding the combinations on the team that work well. Um, so if you have Joseph Martinez and, and Chicharito there, they, like how do you fit them both as strikers or, or whatever it is? Yeah, and I think that's going to be interesting, right? With so much, with so much talent, right? You know, Joseph Martinez, we know what he's capable of. Obviously, we we see Carlos Vela and Chicharito every week. So, I mean, I think it's going to be exciting. Now, I just want to, I just wish it was it was in a different. Uh, it was in three days before uh, uh, the the traffic. I think that's just the biggest thing. But I guess this is this is the only way they 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 could have fit it. But I think there, there's definitely going to still be a, a packed house. Uh, there, so for the Bank of California, so it's exciting. They made it. They made a big splash with it yesterday. Uh, so we'll see what happens, and uh, you know how many people do decide. Because I know there's a, there's a there's a lot like you told Galaxy. There's a lot of Galaxy fans that may or may not want to go because the games at Bank of California Stadium. So I think I think that may be the, the only caveat to some of the Galaxy fans. Um, but nevertheless, it should still be an entertaining game. Um, Next topic I want to talk about, just hit on briefly, the, the U.S. men's national team, they, they played Costa Rica yesterday. They won 4-0. Um, 
I mean, they come back uh, after just beating Mexico, like what a couple of days, and and then you know we got to see we got to see. I guess you could say some of the bench players, but I think one of the players that stuck out, stood out to me was Daryl DK. I only saw the first half because after I saw the first half, I was like, they're going to win this game. Uh, but Kirk, what were your thoughts on the U.S. men's national team? So I'm I'm uh, I'm not really totally on board with Greg Berhalter. Never have been. I think he was kind of rushed in there, but. I, I did, to his credit, I said, look, if you win this final against Mexico, um, it's going to buy you some time. Um, and in terms of the, the, you know, so they come in and the, the tactics were, were terrible. They, they switched off of what they were doing on Sunday within about the first 10 minutes. Um, but they ultimately get the win. So credit where it's due. Um, and then they come out and they look really good against the Costa Rican team that doesn't really look like they want to be there. Um, but like you said, the, some some good performances. Daryl DK's movement was was really good. Mark McKenzie's able to find him on that goal a couple times. There's one where like they play a ball backwards to him, and he just like kind of leaves it for Anthony Robinson. It's like there's some, miscommun- some miscommunication there. But um, I think I think there's a lot of bright spots on that team. I, I was happy to see Tim Weah finally get a start. Musa was finally involved, and mm-hmm. so you, you kind of see like this. I don't know if the, I I really don't know what Greg is doing still in terms of roster selection, but you what I assume is kind of a second, uh, like a second team selection. Uh, they, they look good. Yeah, no, it looks good. I think the bright spot was a Eunice Musa. I've been wanting to see yeah. him play. I mean, he's just so explosive. He's, he's so versatile. And I think yeah, for me, I don't know, I'm not the coach or anything, but I, I, if he's not starting, I mean, I definitely, he should definitely be playing a lot more, uh, but total galaxy. What were your thoughts? Um, I didn't really watch the game. I saw the highlights. But, um, yeah, overall, just seeing some new faces out there after the game against Mexico is a good thing. Um, just like Kirk, I'm not sold on Greg Berhalter yet. I think he just bought himself just a little bit more time because USA, Mexico, their performance against Mexico wasn't really that impressive. Didn't score a goal from open play. You know, they got pretty, I don't want to say lucky, but they did well when it came to set pieces, and that was really helped them. Um, overall, though, like you guys mentioned, Daryl DK, I- I'd like to see him, you know, He's had a great season with, I think, Barnsley. I think that's the team he was in with. And then, you know, him coming back this summer with Orlando, I was going to elevate Orlando's chances at potentially winning MLS Cup. Uh, Brendan Aronson looked really good as well um, from what I saw. And overall, if this is team number two, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with it. They played really well against a CONCACAF team, and that's what they need to qualify the World Cup. As long as they qualify the World Cup, I think everybody will be pretty happy. Yeah, obviously that that is the biggest thing for the for the U.S. Miss National right, team, right? It's gonna it's gonna come down to that. So we'll see. I mean, they they look good. Uh, there is there is questions, and I think there will be questions uh, about Greg Berhalter. But if they keep getting results, I think you know um, that's the main thing, right? At the, at the end of the day, is results. And it, to me, like the players really love him, and he definitely. Like, we talked about this on Monday. He's definitely a player's coach, and, and you know, it looks like all those guys uh, definitely have his back. So. We'll see what happens moving forward, all right? Got a couple of weeks until the Gold Cup starts. Uh, that's going to be exciting. So there's going to be a lot more different teams, and we'll see who who actually breaks into to that starting uh, 11 for Greg Berhalter and the U.S. Men's National Team. Um, now I want to switch over uh, to uh, – we talked about uh, Sega Koulibaly. Um, I want to talk, talk about him a little bit. Uh, I, you know, we talked – we we talked about about a little bit like the thing that impressed me about him was that he can he can speak uh english pretty well one of the french french players uh from the Galaxy that can actually speak pretty good didn't need a translator but what do you think uh, he can bring to this la galaxy 
Um, yeah, uh, I'm just to start off with what you said. I think it's really good. They doesn't really need a translator. He at least understands. Samuel Granzi and Kevin Cabral still kind of do need their translators, and which is why I'm not really there to kind of like rate them yet because, you know, they're still getting communicating with their teammates, still getting to know the game plan. But I'm glad that a defender with, who comes to a team that really needs defensive support, you know, he doesn't need anything else. He can understand pretty well, and I think that's uh, really good. Um, talking about him as a player, you know, just watching some of his highlights, you know, he's really good uh, finding the ball. He's really good when it comes to just those one-on-one uh, -on -one scenarios with the defender. I think he does. He holds his ground really well, and that's something that the Galaxy are definitely going to be uh, needing, especially when it comes to them getting kind of caught out at the on the counterattack. You know, I think he'll he'll be essential there too. And uh, also to the other French midfielder they have, Ryan Revelson. I think that's how you say his name. You know, I'm excited for him too because he looked like he'll be a beast as well once he comes into the midfield next to Jonathan Dos Santos. Yeah, Kirk, uh, obviously we're seeing Greg Vanny and uh, guys getting a lot of players from 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 France, right? Uh, and we know LFC typically likes to go to South America. Um, looks like, what, what are your thoughts on the way, on what you're seeing from the LA Galaxy? Uh, I mean, I, I think I think Galaxy have always had a good model. Um, you know, it, it, they've had a couple down years, but um, they've they're always like the toast of the league, right? Um, so the they nobody doubts their ability to to bring in good talent. I think I think GBS was uh, a silly hire. I wish they would have held on to him a little bit longer. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> You can't get everything you want, but I mean, you, you always look at their teams. You're like, man, how is this team ever going to lose? Uh, so it's really just a matter of putting those pieces together. And Greg Vanny's shown the ability to do that. Um, I mean, when you look at that Toronto squad and how they brought everybody in and how they were just at the depths of the league, um, and then they bring in, you know, a handful of different players, and he's able to fit them into the right into the right positions, and they went on some pretty historic runs. So I, I mean, looking. Looking across across town, it's it's one of those things where you're like, man, they they got something good going on over there. Yeah, and I think the thing that stands out for everybody, like last year with GBS, everything, any player that was that was from Argentina was always linked to the LA Galaxy. Now yeah. it's seeming like every every French player, you know, <laughs> that's going to be linked to an MLS, you, you can almost associate that to to the LA uh, to the LA Galaxy. I jokingly uh, tweeted out like I think like about a month ago or so, whenever Champions League was going on. So I was like, when when are the Mbappe to to LA rumors going to start? You know. Um, but obviously, I was joking, and obviously, probably like, in around ten years. Like <laughs> yeah. what? Twenty? He's like what? Twenty-two? When he's thirty-two? Maybe thirty-five? Who knows? But he's a he's a good player. Hopefully, yeah. he does when they come to the galaxy. He's a good player. He's probably not not coming to Los Angeles, maybe just yet. But definitely, maybe Real Madrid or you know one of those one of those big world world uh, club teams. Um, talking to talking about transfers, uh, LAFC Kirk have. Uh, you know they have Brian Rodriguez. We know now the Almeria's a purchase cost, and it's not gonna it's not gonna go through because they didn't they didn't go they didn't make it up to the first division, uh, unfortunately, right? And I think I think for me, I wanted both sides. Uh, I wanted Brian Rodriguez to to stay and I, I, with Almeria and move on because I think that's where he wanted to stay. Right now, he's playing with the national team. I haven't really kept up with the Uruguayan national team, but I know there's so much talent there. But what are your th what are your thoughts on Brian Rodriguez' uh, stint with 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 Almeria? Uh, I mean, I in terms of LAFC fans, I have some pretty unpopular opinions about Brian Rodriguez because um, he is an immense talent. He's still extremely raw, and what I mean by that is, 
I think he just has to learn more about the game and how to fit in with players around him. I, I even at Peñarol, um, he he wasn't a huge goal scorer. He was able to rack up a bunch of assists, and he looks good in highlights because he's got a couple different moves. He's got a good burst of speed that can get by people. Um, but I think it's just a matter of putting together, you know, some of those lessons that you learn playing with the team. So I I personally want Rodriguez to stay with the team because you're gonna you're going to lose. Uh, Diego Rossi. I think the other unpopular opinion that I have is that they need to move him in this window um, because they need to prove to everybody that they can actually sell people on. Everybody just assumes, oh, well, they have great players, so of course they can sell them. And I, I think that's an underrated skill uh, to be mm-hmm. able to, one, let go of players and, two, find a good landing spot for them. And, you know, obviously, the I don't want to jump the gun here, Gio, but the, the rumors come out today about Tottenham and, and Everton. And if you're able to say, look, we we took Diego Rossi at, I think he was 19 when he signed with LAFC, and we were able to move him to the Premier League in three years, that does a ton of work for you on, on the recruiting trail. Um, and the reason I bring that up right now is because Brian Rodriguez plays left wing. And I think part of the falling out with him in the club was um, – because they probably said, hey, Rossi's going to be gone. And then COVID hits and you don't sell him and Carlos gets injured. And so now you hold on to him longer. Um, and I, I, if, I, if I had to put my finger on exactly what it was that made Rodriguez mad and, wa- and want to leave, it was that he wasn't getting the playing time that he thought he was going to get. So I want to see him stay because I think, I think Bob and, and the staff there can – can salvage this and can turn it into something in two years down the road. We're talking about Rodriguez to, to Europe as well. Yeah. I think there, any, any relationship can, can be repaired, right? Any, any relationship, right? I think, I think the thing that upset a lot of people, I think a lot of the fans, you know, that, that loved him and really wanted him is just the way he, he forced his way out. I think that's just the thing. He's forced his way out. And obviously we saw the interview that came out, you know, obviously there was there was a little altercation he had with with one of his teammates in Almeria, and then he went on uh, on public uh, or on, on the Uruguayan media and stuff. And I think, yeah, I think everybody finally, well, everybody got to saw his his immaturity, right? Some of the things that off the field that I think he may he may need uh, to improve on, right? And that's 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 just on himself. But I think. I just think if he does those things um, when he comes back to LAFC, I don't, I don't know how how success, how long he'll he'll potentially be there because I don't, I don't think you want that, right? But but I'm with you. Um, you said you want him, you want you want him to come be here for a couple of years. Um, are you gonna? So you're welcoming him with with open arms. Um, you don't have any. Obviously the talent, the talent said, but I think what was missing with him with this time with LAFC was some of the finishing. And some of the, some of the, like the final third, right? It was, it was cleaning up. It was clean. We know he has speed. We know he has uh, a lot of different things he can do, but I think it was just the finishing for him, whether it was a pass or, you know, at times dribbling too much. And I think that's what made uh, some of the people upset at him. Yeah, of course. I mean, he's not, he, for a DP, he's not goal dangerous. Um, and you see him miss a couple sitters and, you know, he's trying too hard. It looks like he's always just forcing like, forever we were just waiting for him to get his first goal like well maybe if he gets his first one all the pressure will be off and he'll just be able to score at will um and that didn't happen he got a couple goals like an mls is back and it still just wasn't all there but i mean he looked good in ccl and um in combination he he's always looked really good um it's just a it's just a matter of how do you fit him into the squad i think another part of the problem was 
Uh, you're playing him again out of position. Like I said, he's on the right wing and for the Uruguay, he plays for the Uruguay national team all the time on the left wing. Um, so for me, that's the sign right there. Like if this kid looks good for them and not for us, it's because he's out of position and it's because you're trying to fit three wingers with Rossi Vela and, and Rodriguez onto the field at one time. So I think if, if Rodriguez is going to, is, if he's going to succeed at LAFC, it has to be once Rossi moves on because that's Rossi's too good on the left wing to sit him. Right. You can't, you can't, you can't move Rossi just to make room for Rodriguez. So. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, Tall Galaxy, when you when you guys would go up against uh, obviously LAFC last season, and you would see Brian Rodriguez, obviously one of the DPs, but you know at times it was challenging for him. What well, what were your thoughts on on B Rod? I'm gonna be honest with you. At first, I was like, all right, this guy is pretty good. He's got good dribbling skills, you know, got good movement with the ball, and can toy with defenders. But then after a while, I was like, oh, it's fine. He's not gonna do anything. He's just gonna lose his dribbling here and there, you know. Um, and that was really the thing with uh, every time the Galaxy and LAFC would play, right? You know, when Brian Rodriguez would start, I, I would know that, yeah, he'll get by defenders. He'll he'll put a move here and there. But just his finishing that I observed during the games, and because I do watch a couple of LAFC games, obviously, uh, most notably uh, before they play the Galaxy, just to do a little scattering report, you know, on what I should expect from them. And that's the trend that I always see with Rodriguez is like, you know, you're, you're doing good helping the team, I guess, uh, transition from that midfield to attack. But once you get to the attack, you can't really finish, nor are you creating that many chances for the other team. You know, obviously him being loaned out to uh, the second division of Spain, you know, I haven't been paying attention to that. But obviously hearing the, the news about, you know, him getting altercations with a teammate, getting on Uruguayan media and kind of really just, I guess, throwing a tantrum a bit, if I were to say, you know, because... He, it looked really immature from a football player to really just go there and say you want to go home, you know, when that's where you're at right now is where a lot of other Uruguayan players who are in your league at your home want to be, you know. That's something I really wasn't expecting. Um, I really don't know how this situation gets resolved with LAFC. I think, uh, like Kirk said, moving on from Rossi, I think is probably the best idea, you know. Maybe use that DP slot for a actual number nine that the team's desperately missing. But... If the relationships can be fixed, we all know that's possible, right? Um, if, if those can be fixed and, you know, you can kind of get a clean start per se for Rossi at LAFC once he comes back from his loan, then I think maybe um, – for Rodriguez, sorry. Then maybe I think you can kind of see some progress happening with Brian. Yeah, let's talk about this first before before we get into uh, Diego Rossi. I know we touched on a little bit, right? Yeah, to your point, Kirk, right, he plays in the left wing, right? Let's say – let's let's just say he Rossi moves on wherever he goes, right? Um, here in a couple of weeks, right? And you play Brian Rodriguez on the left. Um, well, let's put it this way. Even with his struggles at Ameria, which he wasn't necessarily starting, does Bob Bradley right away put him uh, as a starter or do you come up, bring him off the bench, right? Like, you know, what what is um, what are the rest of the guys say I have to say to that, right? Like, you know, you know, what does Corey Barrett have to say, right? Corey Barrett, I think he's 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 looked the he's looked the best. Obviously, Brian Rodriguez is going to be making the most money. He's a DP player. I, I don't I don't I, you know I'm not I'm not overlooking that. But uh, to your point, like you know, does he start right away? Does he come off the bench? Does he does it, obviously does he have to earn Bob Bradley's trust? Because I, I don't think that relationship is, is as strong as uh, as you would want it to be with, with one of your DPs, right? And uh, you know, what does Carlos Vela also think, right? Does Carlos Vela understand Brian Rodriguez's side? Does Carlos Vela understand uh, you know uh, Bob Bradley's side, right? But at the end of the day, like if Rossi leaves, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure for Brian Rodriguez, you know, coming in. And if, and if he doesn't, if he doesn't produce right away, that pressure can mount 
potentially, or he could surprise us and he can, you know, blossom uh, to your point. But, but what are your thoughts, Kirk? So Bob doesn't have any problem benching DPs. I mean, we saw the, the Andre Horta saga, right? Um, and I mean, he, he barely played at all. Uh, and when he did play, he was just giving assists to Galaxy Strikers, right? So um, Bob doesn't – I don't think he has any problem saying, hey, man, you got to earn your spot back. What I will say is LAFC is a lot thinner than I think they've ever been at the forward position. Once you get past Vela and, and Rossi, there's uh, – Corey Baird is there. I, I think ideally in MLS you want him to be the first guy off the bench for you. Uh, with some fresh legs that they, they can run at a, at a tired defense. But uh, I mean, he's not Corey bears. not going to scare anybody in this league. Like if you run him out as a number nine and like, nobody's, nobody's really sweating bullets the week, the, you know, the week leading up to that game. Um, so I don't, I don't think it would take much for him to win his spot back other than coming back in and training hard, because once he's on the field, you're going to see things that Corey Baird can't do. Right. Um but it, it's like you said; it's a matter of it's a matter of attitude. Can he fix those the, those immaturity issues? Is he fighting players here? Uh, so I, he's not covered himself in glory on or off the field, um, really at all. So I it, I think it will take some time for him to work back in. But um, I think I think if you do give him a clean slate, he can earn his way back in and and come good on on his talent. Yeah, because I think, right when you're when you're losing Diego Rossi, right? You even mentioned like Corey Baird is not necessarily gonna, right? Uh, you know, be be as big as threatening as Diego Rossi or Carlos Vela. We understand that, but like people could say the same thing about Brian Rodriguez. You know, what I'm saying you you could literally say the same thing about Brian Brian Rodriguez, even though he's a DP, even though you know uh, he gets paid more by the, by LAFC than Corey Baird. But I could literally say the same thing. Right, but I think I think that's gonna that that's gonna be the tricky thing for LAFC when when you look at this and Bob Bradley's like the th- the biggest question I have for Brian Rodriguez is like you said you don't want to be here and you said you want to go back to your home country, so when a player mentally checks out and doesn't say and doesn't say that he would rather go Peñarol and doesn't ever mention LAFC, my mind says like, are we gonna see part two? of this again you know or are we going to see a different brian rodriguez and it just completely blossom like everybody else expected to you know that's the biggest thing is like where is he where obviously you know none of us know this but like where is he at mentally right because we he knows we know he forced his way out and it doesn't to me i don't i still don't get the sense that he wants to come back here right and you know we we don't know what could happen after the Copa America? After Copa America ends, because that's when we're, we're, I expect he, he's going to come back, right? Or he could be, you know what? I don't. He could pull apart too, but I don't think he has any leverage at this point, uh, like he did initially, um, you know. And when a player makes 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 a, a trade request, and now I think he's he's going to ha- have to humble himself and prove to prove like, yeah, he's young and stuff, but he may not be going. He may not be going back to Peñarol. He's going to go back to LAFC. Which some people, you know, maybe may uh, maybe upset with them and, and the fans. But Total Galaxy, get, let me get your thoughts. If a player did that, right? If I, let's say if Brian Rodriguez played for the LA Galaxy, would you welcome him with with open arms? Like if he just came, like from straight from LAFC to LA Galaxy? No, no, no. Like he, like he left. He forced his way out of LAFC, and now he he's coming back because unfortunately he wasn't able to make it out in Europe. Would you welcome back? Would you welcome a, a player like that back, or would you ha- would have more questions? 
Um, I, I guess I would say I would have questions, right? Because obviously, you know, he had a lot of hype to him. And that's kind of been a recurrent theme with the Galaxy for those couple of years. You know, Gio Dos Santos, when he was young, he had a lot of hype coming out of him. He was with uh, La Masia in Barcelona, you know. And then when he came to the Galaxy, it didn't really accumulate too much. Had a couple of moments, but not really. And that's honestly what I can kind of compare it to, I guess. If Brian Rodriguez were to come to the Galaxy, a player with a lot of hype um, who wasn't able to work it out is really similar to Gio Dos Santos. And I feel like those two wouldn't produce, just like Gio Dos Santos didn't really produce with the Galaxy, I feel like Brian Rodriguez wouldn't either. Kirk, your thoughts uh, on how the fan base and the rest of the crew will, will welcome him? I think it's going to be tough. Um, sorry, my mic just got really loud. I'm not sure why the gain went up like that. It's all good. Um, I think it's going to be tough. I mean, he he did burn bridges and he made people really angry. And I mean, I don't fault anybody for saying, "Hey, we don't, we really don't want him here anymore because he doesn't want to be with us." Um, so it, it's going to take time, and he's going to have to when he steps onto that field. He's going to have to look like not only has he improved his game, but like he also wants to to wear that crest and to represent the team and and the city as well. Um, so if, if it were me, if I was Brian Rodriguez's agent, I would be having some big boy conversations and come to Jesus moments with him. Like, Hey, you have got like, this is, you are the one that's, that's screwing this up and you have to fix it. Like you can't be on TV talking about, Oh, I want to go back to pen your role. Please come get me. Uh, because it's not only, it's not only LAFC that sees that this is going to follow him for the rest of his career. Right. When when the time does come for him to go back to Europe, those clubs are going to see that, and they're gonna they're gonna know that there was like a that there's like this black mark on on his record, right? Um, so it's it's going to be a hurdle to overcome, and he's got to he's got to fix it now. I think you can get a do over later in your career for hey, I was just a dumb kid, I said some things I shouldn't have said in the media, um, but he's got to fix it right now. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think he definitely has to fix it and. I just want to know where where he's at mentally and right if the opportunity if you know if he does come back like you know there's a lot of expectation of, hey man you didn't you didn't you didn't go out the right way you didn't go out the best way now you need to come back and, and produce we don't right if you're if you're LAFC LA fans you you can't you can't produce uh, you you can't act the same way you were because I don't think that's a recipe for success uh, in the chat Tony Tony brings up a, a good point. Uh, he says uh, he thinks he's too good for this league just because he gets called up for the national team. Um, that's that that that's a fair point. Uh, that's a fair point because obviously we know we're guy, we know Cavani, we know all the big names, right? All the big names that they they, they have, right? He's this young kid, right? He's made it into into um, the national team, but he hasn't produced. And I think I think you know Tony has a point because. Uh, it, he he hasn't shown it in the club level. Yes, he's shown it at times, you know, with the Uruguayan national team, but he's not the type of threat, the type of winger that we see from other international Uruguayan players, right? And, and I think whether Pete, whether it's his agent in his ear talking to him or, you know, a couple of things, I think at the end of the day, it's the results that 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 that, that have uh, been lacking from Brian Rodriguez. Uh, Can I say one more thing about that? Yeah, go ahead. Go Regarding, ahead. so... Uruguay has an incredible national team program, right? Where they have kids come. I mean, from a young age, they have kids coming to camps. And so they have, they have this incredible, like from top to bottom, they know what they are. They play this four, four, two counterattacking style. 
And so Brian Rodriguez fits that left midfield, left wing position super well. And I, I think it's a good point. Like he thinks he's too good for the league because he plays this position so well for Uruguay, but that's, that's kind of an outdated position. Who's, who's playing that kind of winger nowadays, right? Everybody that we see, it's all inverted wingers to the point where like two striker systems are coming back where you just have two inverted wingers really pinching inside to start. Um, so I, I think that's a really astute point. Like he can't think that just because I'm good with Uruguay, I'm going to be like, I should go to Atleti right now because that's like the first four, four, two that comes, that comes to mind. Right. Uh, Cholo's not going to play that kid. Are you crazy? Like, but the, where else does he go if that's the only position that he wants to play? So he's got to come and he's got to learn how to look like a, like a real inverted winger or, or a traditional winger on the right side uh, in like a four, three, three or some, some other formation and, and system that guys are playing. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, you, you make a great point. We need, I mean, you make a great statistical or, or analysis there on, on, on the, how, you know, that, that, left winger or that midfielder you have to be so much more versatile so much more and he can too because he has the speed he has the speed but like I, I think it really comes up to in the timeline g money says just show rodriguez all the tweets on his timeline he have he have, have plenty of motivation <laughs> i mean that, that definitely either a lot of motivation a lot of things that you know it may may frustrate him he doesn't uh necessarily uh want to read um tony says he's not good enough for mls or la liga second division um I mean, there's some criticism there, but uh, I mean, it, it, it's all falling on him. I, I have no doubt that he could come back. And, and I was, it was a funny thing. I was, I was talking, uh, I was talking to someone close close to to the team yesterday at this MLS event, and they were like, you, you know, don't be surprised if he comes back and surprises surprise you. And I was like, I was like, well, he already did the first time around, you know, but it was a, it was a different type of surprise, you know. And by no my, by no means, you know, I have been very critical because only because of where he comes. He comes from Uruguay and the national team. I, you know, any kid that grew up watching, you know, South American teams know what these teams bring, right? Me watching the Mexican national team face Uruguay, like I know what's supposed to come, and he hasn't shown that. But I know he can turn it around. But I think it's going to come down uh, to his mindset and, and switching, flipping the switch because he has to put the team first. And I don't think we saw that necessarily with LAFC. I don't think we saw him put the team first. And I think that's that's one of the things uh, he, he, he's lacked. Um, but, but moving on, um, Total Galaxy, let, let's talk about this. Uh, obviously, Diego Rossi, you know, is being linked to Everton. What are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you want to see Diego Rossi stay because you, you guys face him? Or do you, or do you, or do you want to not see him score goals against the Galaxy? <laughs> um, I, I do want to see him, like, go into Europe not because you know I don't I'm I'm scared of him or anything but I just want to see MLS as a general kind of just you know become that exporter of, of talent you know we saw that with Miguel Almiron a couple of years ago and I think Diego Rossi can't get that next big Premier League move like Almiron did um he was in Newcastle he's still with Newcastle still um I really think that uh Rossi can if he goes to to Tottenham right now because Harry Kane wants to get out of Tottenham so I think maybe he can make a name for himself there um, with Tottenham, even though they haven't won any trophies, just like LAFC, um, I just <laughs> think that uh, you know he can he can really get a mark there in, in England for for a bit, you know, and and just overall too, I, I want MLS to get a lot more attention worldwide in general. I want this league to grow. I want this league to succeed. You know, um, MLS has been very influential in this part of the world. You know, a lot of players from South South America really want to come to MLS, and they've attracted a couple of big players. Um, the one DP, new DP. 
for Cincinnati. He's a Brazilian. I forgot his name, but he was scoring goals. He looked like he was going to go to Europe. He was doing so well in Copa Libertadores. Um, I, I, I really don't know why he chose FC Cincinnati, but I guess, you know, if he thinks that this could be somewhere to leapfrog him into Europe, then I think that's a good sign for the league and for players that are interested in coming to MLS, knowing that they can get a big transfer to Europe. Yeah, no, it's going to make it interesting, right? Kirk, let's dive into this, right? Uh, Diego Rossi, we, I, like to your point, I know you talked about it earlier. I, I think this is the time to strike uh, for LAFC, and right? Everton, Tottenham, that's what I saw. The type of team I saw for Diego Rossi were these type of teams, right? I didn't see anything less. I didn't see anything more, which I, which you potentially could get there. But I think these are the right type of teams, you know, and I'm glad this has come. Give me, give me your thoughts on this whole situation. Yeah, I, I think um, LAFC being able to land uh, a player in the Premier League would be immense, not only for um, – LAFC, but like Alex was talking about, this is a this is a big thing for MLS, right? Where you, like you said, you have Miguel Amiron who, who was able to make it to Newcastle, but if Diego Rossi lands in a top six club in the EPL, like that is a huge, huge move. And like you better, if you don't like LAFC, which is everybody, um, you better. Sorry, my kids are still just yelling in the background. Um, you better be ready because there's going to be some serious MLS Kool Aid being shoved down everybody's throats when when. When and if Diego Rossi goes to to Tottenham, especially because again the big six in the in the Premier League, but even Everton, like you're going to hear about it all the time uh, from the league and kind of like the the uh, the state media, as Josh and I call them, like the extra time and all that stuff. Um, but I do think it's a good move, and like I said, in terms of proving to proving to people, I think it puts Brian Rodriguez in his place. Like, hey man, just if you if you just do what we ask you to do, like Diego did. We can land you in the Premier League. So just mm-hmm. shut up and do your work, right? Or when you go back down to your way to find the next DP, which I assume is what they're doing, right? Either they're at Columbia. Um, so this is this would be huge, 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 huge for for JT. I think for John Thorrington, that is. I also think like LAFC fans are expecting a lot from John Thorrington in terms of a of a third DP. And I don't think he's gonna go out and sign a big money DP again until he can go to his bosses and say, hey. I bought this kid for one and a half million dollars and I sold him for 15 million. So time to get out the checkbook. Cause I'm going to go do it again. Amen. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. And, then, and then to your point earlier, this is, if, if you're, if you're LAFC, right. And I was talking, I was talking to, uh, you know, another person that was close to the team, like, uh, like, like a couple of weeks ago, like about, I was going to about a month ago. We're, we're talking to uh, Twesta. We're talking, and Diego Rossi came up, and they're like, you know, they they've mentioned Diego Rossi, but I didn't really, I didn't really pay too much attention to it. But now, like thinking back to the conversation, I think LAFC had had this plan all along. To your point, right? Because they they knew they they. I think everybody kind of knew in their back of the mind that the Brian Rodriguez situation. He may come back from Almeria, right? He may he may not stay with Almeria. Let's put it that way. I don't know if he's going to come, but we don't know for sure he's going to come back. But we knew that you know it was more it was more that he may not stay with Almeria because of the, everything happened right with the fiasco. But to your point that you know if they sell you know Rossi, I think that what was it the Telegraph? Uh, I think is, is the news outlet that reported is uh, it was ten million pounds, which comes out to like fourteen point. Five, I don't know. Don't quote me on, on the American dollars or whatever. But it, it was about, it was more than fourteen million dollars, and, and that is the, the right way to do it. And that shows 
not just like you said, not the, just the MLS, but I have no doubt that Diego Rossi can be effective in the Premier League. I, I, I can he can be he can impact the game. I don't know if he's going to be able to score as many goals as he did. He may or may not, right? But he has the type of talent that he's going to be able to impact, whether it's Everton, Tottenham, or any other team in the Premier League. Um, he's going to be able to uh, help a team out, and he's going to be able to fight for a starting job right away. I believe in I believe in Diego Rossi that he can do that right away, right? Give him a couple games or whatever, he can fight for a starting spot in those type of teams. And, and to the next point, it shows Brian Rodriguez, like, yo, you try to do it your way. It didn't work out. We told you this is a route. And look at look at Diego Rossi. Just because he's on the national team and he doesn't get the limelight like, like he should be getting, right? And I think this is also going to help Diego Rossi break into that break into the Uruguayan national team because he's been shunned because he plays in the MLS and he's killing the MLS. I think it's gonna it's gonna show some of the Uruguayan people that are kind of doubters. Um, I think the coach doesn't really believe. Uh, I don't know if for a fact, but I think the Uruguayan coach doesn't really see it, the MLS as uh, as a strong league. But I think you know if Diego Rossi makes that leap. Not only does it show uh, Brian Rodriguez, most important, I think it will also get Brian Rodriguez to buy in, into the system. Like, look, dude, you it, uh, we gave you a shot. We let you do it your way. You messed up. Come back. This is how you got to do it. Listen to us. And if you want to go back to Spain or if you want to go to the Premier League, this is the way to do it. But you got to kill it first in the MLS because people are really looking at the MLS. And they are, they're, they're overlooking at you. They're overlooking at you because you haven't been able to produce an MLS. Yeah, you know you're one team. But clubs in Europe, are with everything going on with the U.S. men's national team, they know they know the power of the MLS, right? And that's why you're seeing these teams being linked, right? And Bob Bradley uh, being linked over there. But Total Galaxy, give, give me your thoughts on, on that, on the, on the situation. Um, you know, this this being a good thing that you just mentioned, but like to, for the league, but also for, for, for Diego Rossi. Um, yeah, just overall, you know, you like uh, Kirk mentioned, you know, he's been a fan of LAFC for a while, right? You want to see players going out of your clubs and succeeding, you know, it, it warms the cockles of your heart, really, when you really see somebody who who's been molded at your club, right? And then go out into the bigger, bigger ocean right there and, and still produce at a high level. You know, I feel like this will be a really big deal for all of MLS, like I mentioned earlier, you know a lot of young South American prospects are going to be looking at this league a lot more. And that's where this league is trending, you know, getting a lot of the younger Southern American players to kind of prove it and then get a move to Europe. I really think if this Diego Rossi move like goes by and he does really well at whatever club he lands in, I think we're going to see a lot more of Uruguayan, Brazilian, Colombian, Argentinian, Chilean, Bolivian, uh, Venezuelan. Um, I can name all of, South America, but you, you get the deal, right? You know, all of the young kids from those nations, you know, are going to look at this league as a stepping stone for their future. And it's just good for the growth of U.S. soccer and the growth of MLS, really. Yeah. Uh, G Money in the chat says How, South Houghton or, or Brighton would be perfect for Rossi if he went to England. I mean, I, I mean, if he goes to the premier team, I think wherever he goes, as long as he's in the premier team and those type of teams, it's going to be it's going to be exciting. Um Gamer says, talk, Gio, talk about the All-Star game. If you were here earlier, brother, we talked about it for like the first 20 minutes. Where were you at, man? We, we, we literally dove in. Uh, we talked about it. But, but Kirk, uh, give, me, give me your thoughts. I know you, I know you talked about, um, you know, John Thornton being, being back in South America. Because that's where they, they scout. That's, that's where they're getting the talent. 
Um, we we know that, right? It's no secret, um, right? Let's let's say Diego Rossi goes. What what type of position player should they uh, get if if he gets sold, right? What should they use that position that DP on? So I have another unpopular opinion in LAFC circles here because I I don't think LAFC need a DP striker to make it work. I think they have been incredibly dangerous in the past with with TAM level strikers. If you, Christian Ramirez uh, missed a bunch of sitters, but the team never looked better than with him at the nine in terms of like the spacing that he created. When Deal was on, he was always goal dangerous, um, and he was a, you know some health issues on and off the field a little bit, uh, and then BWP like all these guys worked perfectly fine. And I think I think if it's me. I go and I sign another TAM, uh, another TAM level, um, which I know is kind of a misnomer in, in MLS because they've changed their funny money again. But that TAM level, DO, BWP, Christian Ramirez striker in the middle. Um, if Rodriguez is here, then he's now your 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 DP winger. Um, I, I think they need more help in the midfield. Um, and I think just, again, looking across town at how, at how well uh, Jonah Dos Santos has been like how how good of a signing he's been for them. Uh, we kind of talked about his brother and how he kind of flopped a little bit, but um, I think they need kind of a classic goal dangerous eight. Uh, I've been tweeting about the the player profile that I like. I I it's never going to happen. I'm just throwing this out there. This is, Ross Barkley is the is the mold that you want. Somebody who can who can score with both feet, who is dangerous in the middle. And I know everybody laughs. Oh, he sucks. He's he's no good. But like that's. That's how you get people to MLS from from Europe, right? Is they gotta they gotta go through like a tough a, a, a like a rough patch, and then that's when you snag them. But um, to me, they they need it. They need an eight. I don't know who that is, so I just threw out the name Ross Barkley, and I've been talking a lot about that. But um, they need somebody who can create more quality chances. If you it, when I watch them this year, I I look at I see a team that doesn't know who is supposed to create. If it's Latif Blessing and Mark Anthony K in the middle, you're obviously not getting enough in terms of chance creation. Uh, and if it, and if it's your fullbacks that are supposed to be doing the creating, you're definitely not getting enough from Diego Palacios and from uh, and from Tristan Blackman. So somebody else has to step up. And to me, that's that's where you go splash the the money on on a really good number eight uh, because. Bob doesn't really, he, he's not looking for a 10, right? He, he doesn't, he, that's not, that doesn't really fit the system as well. So again, TAM level nine, DP number eight, uh, who can both create and finish and, and shuttle the ball, which I think is where like, so that's where like where Mark Anthony K struggles a little bit is I don't think he, he doesn't progress the ball forward enough. He's, he's still looking to play make from deep. I think in the long term he's a six, um, I'd love to see him drive more defenses and then play a pass. Latif Blessing takes too long on the ball. Galaxy have punished him time and time again for trying to trying to you know dance his way through through pressure. So um, that's where I think they need the most help. Yeah, I mean you make you make an interesting point. I think you do, you still hit on the thing that they need a number nine. Maybe it's not a DP, but it, yeah, I mean you get creative. You get a you get a ten level, right? Another uh, I, I know names I've been thrown out. Um, Who's MLS player from uh, Toronto FC that played for the national team? What's Josie Altador, right? Josie, yeah. That that could potentially be a ten, but I mean that seems that could come out with a lot of baggage, uh, to be honest, right? Um, but yeah, because I know you know talking to someone that that they have been looking at number nines, but 
you know, it, it, it gets interesting to see, right? And I'm with you. I, I, I don't think the midfield is as deep as we necessarily think about it. And when you see gone it. in six months. In the winter, Atuesta is done. Like, they signed him to that one-year one deal, and they're, he's either going to walk next next year or you're going to sell him. And I'd hate to miss out on that, like, 7 to $10 million transfer fee. Yeah. Um. Get let's get let's get your thoughts on, on LFC. He uh, he mentioned some things on on the midfield. Um, what do you, what do you think they should use that 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 open DP spot if Diego Rossi has moved this summer? Um, yeah, uh, Kirk's making some really good arguments for getting a midfielder. You know, I haven't heard about Ross Barkley in a hot minute. I forgot that guy existed uh, for a little <laughs> bit. Um, but yeah, um, he makes a good point. You know, uh, a lot of LAFC fans have pointed out at uh, Mark Anthony K. I guess he's kind of been a little bit of a scapegoat uh, for their recent struggles. You know, um, they're saying he's not as good on the ball and just attacking wise isn't really there. Um, I think that's a really good idea, getting a number eight. I would say maybe a, a good number nine. You won't need like a Brian Rodriguez type of winger. Like a striker that came to mind for me, um, just overall looking through. And because I, I don't know about Chichaf, he'll be here for the next three years. But someone who who's caught my attention is uh, Gabby Gol from Brazil. You know, he's been doing really good in the Brazilian league. And someone who maybe in a couple of years, I really want the Galaxy to bring to MLS because I think he's a quality striker. You know, he didn't do it in Europe, but I think, you know, if he comes to MLS, he'll bring that same type of production that he's doing in Brazil currently to MLS. But um, overall, I, I really like enjoying listening to Kirk talking about, you know, having this number eight and number eight DP, you know, having a midfielder uh, out there just being good, creating chances and, you know, taking shots, not being afraid of that moment, you know. And I, I'm really interested in that debate and uh, I, I like the arguments he's making. I think that's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. LAFC obviously haven't had, you know, star strikers, you know. Um, throughout their time as a club. And honestly, it really hasn't hurt them. You know, you can't really say that the striker of LAFC was holding the team back because you had Vela and you had Rossi there. Um, so, but I think really having another dynamic midfielder is really going to open up the spaces for those attackers and that TAM level type striker, whoever they, they are, whoever comes in for that position for LAFC. No, Can I, I mean, say something about K real quick there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was okay, actually going to get into it. Go ahead. Okay. So I, I think I think what Alex said about him kind of being the scapegoat. Maybe that was you, Gio. Sorry, I'm not sure. No, that was, was the... that was Alex. That was Alex. But before you get to that, you lose as a team, you win as a team. I don't think all of LAFC's issues are because of K. I no. think his passing is just has not been as sharp as 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 it should be. If this is a championship team, right? As a championship mm-hmm. aspirations team, that's the biggest thing. Uh, I know K. He's, a, he's he's a great person, a great individual, but. When you look at the film, the passing just hasn't been as sharp. Like, you know, and I know people tr- will try to bring up stats and all these things, but when you look at certain things, you know, when he gives up a goal, right, he's had seven. It's just inconsistencies going back to last season to CCL. I think that's just the thing that, you know, you have some depth, but maybe not the depth that we thought they did have, um, you know, but you have some depth to, to rotate. And I think that's the only player that some of the fans that I've seen, right. And even myself that he hasn't, he hasn't, um, you know, he hasn't gone to the bench. And I think, I just think he, he just needs to earn his spot back. I don't think they need to sell him or anything like, or get rid of him. I just think, you know, um, I just think certain, certain, certain mistakes, uh, can't, you know, certain mistakes ha- have to be, you have to be responsible for certain mistakes, right? If you, if you pass a ball and, and your passing has been consistent for seven weeks. Okay. Look, l- l- let's let someone else up there. L- let's get the competition. Right. Um, but, but Kurt, go ahead. I want to get your thoughts on, on K. So uh, I do like, 
I don't like that he's being scapegoated, but I think the term scapegoat is it, right? He's the one where everybody, you know, things are like the house is on fire at the bank right now. <laughs> like things are things are not good. I'll be the first to admit it, right? And everybody just immediately zeroes in on K because they do see him playing aggressive balls and turning the ball over. And I think part of that is tactics. We had Joe Lowry on the show the other day, and he brought it. He brought some data um, about like. LAFC is playing much more direct. And when they turn over the ball, this is something you hear from Bob in, in press conferences as well. When they turn over the ball, they're looking to hit on the break immediately. So they're trying to play off. They're trying to play on these counterattacks much more than they have in the past. And I think, so you see Kay who's active in the press, good at winning balls. And he picks up his head and he's doing what he's told to do, which is pick up his head and find that pass. And I think, I think teams have just caught up, you know, two years ago, that midfield of Atuesta blessing and, and K was unstoppable because they Took were just the league on people. storm, really. Yeah, yeah. But people people weren't ready for that kind of press in the midfield, right? And now they've caught up to that. So now you see teams uh, playing playing five at the back, and they're closing down that space between the right back and and the right center back more. They're sitting a midfielder right there. So Seattle, like Seattle's, always played us really well because last year they're in this four two three one, and they'd use their two defensive midfielders to to break up those passes from from the midfield and now they're at this five-man back line where there is no space between uh where we used to hit that ball um and the galaxy did it too the galaxy played us really well a couple last month um so the the book is out on how to on how to stop us and it's if you take away that that through ball through the back line then we we're out of ideas we don't know what to do and you see k k's tried to play a couple over the top and he's done really well. There was a, I think, was it in the galaxy game where he had, there was a little chip ball over the top to Corey Baird and Baird wasn't able to finish. So mm-hmm. um, does K does K have to be better? Absolutely. Because the way that this team is set up, somebody has to create and it has to be either those two midfielders blessing and blessing and K or the two fullbacks or all four of them. And I think, I think he is capable of doing it long-term. Again, I see him as a six, um, because of his defensive presence, his work rate, and especially his ability to 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 hit those passes most of the time. In the, so when they've played a three five two, I think that's when Kay's looked the best this year. And I think it's because he's got a little bit more time and space. He sees the field better, and I think it's just kind of unfair to ask him to do this this quick counterattacking, you know, these quick hitting counterattacks because it's just it's just not in his game. So wait, can anyway, I put that game for a while there? Can I float an idea real quick? Yeah, go for um, it. You know, obviously uh, with the transfer window being open, right? And then I feel like a, a player that would really kind of help and what Kirk's describing, right? What LAFC need would be Rodolfo Pizarro, who isn't getting any playing time at Inter-Miami. <laughs> I've, I've, thought, I've thought about that, but he I isn't getting any playing I've time at Inter-Miami. You know, you can come to LA, which is a big market, just like Miami, um, has Mexican roots. You know, I feel like if LAFC could pull off something like getting Pizarro, I think that that team's even more complete and it's even more of a championship level team, no matter where they are in the standings at the moment. I think if they can get a player that is good in the attack, you know, can create these chances, makes good movements it's inside the box as well, you know, times their runs really well, uh, can get really creative in his passes. I think that opens up the door a lot more for LAFC than if they were to get a DP number nine. Just, just an idea I want to throw out there. I've thought about that to be honest. I know it's upset a lot of people, um, but I think every, he's being linked to to Chivas or Monterrey. So I don't really see it. But if you can squeeze it by, I mean, you you essentially have maybe two number tens with him and maybe Carlos Vela, or he you know plays out, plays out on the wing, right? But it could be interesting. But Kirk, I, w- I want to get your thoughts because uh, I say a Paskin says uh, thoughts on Sifuentes because this is the biggest thing, right? Like 
I'm with you. I don't, I, don't, I know people are very upset with Mac with with Mark Anthony K, but I think he just has like you know to your point, he just has to be better. But we what we talked about earlier, you know, right? You you mentioned you mentioned it, right? Bob Riley has no has no problem sitting DPs, but it doesn't seem that it's it's been the same thing with Mark Anthony Kane. I think that's what's upset some people. Um, some some of the fan base of what I've seen uh, on that, you know, and I was I was I was I was a little you know following the team so close, I was a little surprised that Mark didn't get subbed out right after that, and you know, and you know, so I think what was it? Someone who was on the show, you know, didn't necessarily call call Mark out for that pass or whatever, and I think when that when fans can kind of sense that, you know, the, the, the speculation is that uh, Bob Bradley and Mark Anthony, that, you know, people are saying that they, they're really close. So that's his favorite player, right? Those are the things I'm saying. I don't know to, to be true, but I think when fans sense that, you know, the players can also sense some, something like that. Right. Um, and, you know, when you make a mistake that critical and you don't get reprimanded by getting subbed out, you know, I think that may, may mess some of the chemistry within some players because hey i make one mistake or two i'm out right you know we saw what's his name um that marco fafan he didn't take a shot he was subbed out right away Janella i just think another great example Janella, right there, like he had I, that he had that terrible challenge in ccl and we haven't seen him since and i think just the consistency is not the same you know what i'm saying i think that that's what i notice and yeah. I, and, and i think that's what i'm picking up from some of the fans and maybe so, so if we can pick it up you got to know the players somehow feel have to feel the same way but but what are your what are your thoughts on that i want to just say and then uh jose Cifuentes. yeah so i mean a few more things on mark anthony k this is a guy who um in terms of mls he's going to give you above average production most of the time right so and and he's on a really small he's on a super team friendly contract so th- that's the kind of stuff in a salary cap league where if you have a mark anthony k and I mean, if you just take that whole midfield, right, from two years ago, Mark Anthony Kay, uh, Atuesta, and Blessing were all on super small contracts and just kind of running through the league. So you're able to spend money elsewhere and put better pieces around them. Um, so in terms of favoritism, it's it's quite possible. Um, Josh and I have heard from a couple different people close to players that jo- that uh, that Bob will play, play favorites sometimes, and uh, I – from what we understand, Mohamed El Munir was kind of like pushed out, even though he was training really well. And that's kind of why he left. Uh, I kind of suspect something similar with Dio as well, um, where they were always trying to get the three DPs on the field, even though Dio was the one who always looked the best. So, I mean, I, I don't doubt that that's a possibility. Um, but I mean, the, the real question is, who do you bring in to play – in, in K's spot because you need another number eight right there. So uh, Twest is a six, K is an eight, and Latif plays this anti-10 role, right, where it's more of a pressing, like, the old Fellaini role at Man U, right, where you're just like, he's, he's just going and blowing up plays defensively. And you're not always going to get offensive production, but that's kind of the role. So I think that's Jose Cifuentes, right, is that is that anti-10 who can create and combine a little bit more than, than Latif can. But – I don't know who it is, if not Janela, to be honest with you, that that comes in for K. Yeah, so 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 I think I, I mean I, I, it makes it interesting. I think just I'm I'm just more on the thing that someone else needs to get another shot. Whether you put Latif yeah. Blessing or whatever, I, yeah. I just it, it's just the way I see the game, right? And I don't sure. I don't think I don't think uh, I don't think to me I don't think Mark like 
I know people are getting going ruthless on him, but I just think he just should earn a spot back. That that's that's yeah. all that, that's what no, I, I, I think. I, I don't begrudge anybody that says like, hey, he needs to sit down. Like it's not it's not good enough there because again, there's there's several spots where I I say the same thing, and I mean that's one of them, right? The, the, I feel like this because whole he'll, time he'll saying, have an amazing pass, and then I think. When he when he gives it up, then it, okay, you have like one step forward and then two steps back. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a sense that yeah. I get, you know. But well, what are your thoughts, Total Galaxy? Would would you start K? Would would you would you give someone else an opportunity? Oh, I think yeah, we got you on mute. I don't know what's going on. Um, my microphone. Sorry. <clears throat> um, I, I'm like fifty fifty with Mark Anthony K. Right. Um, you know, the last time I saw him, he was getting nutmegged by Efrain Alvarez, so I don't really have that good of an opinion of him right now. But, uh, you know, uh, last time I was on here with LAFC Live, we talked about switching Mark Anthony Kay and, and uh, Jonathan Dos Santos. And while I have been really, really, really critical of Jonathan Dos Santos over the past year, you know, um, I'm just I, I just think te- teams have figured out Mark Anthony Kay, right? Like uh, Kirk mentioned, you know, when this team first came out, you know, that midfield, Took the league by storm, really. Everybody was talking about, yeah, you have your Reyes and Rossi's scoring goals, and then you also have your midfield clicking, doing all the hard work as well. And now the teams have, it's been like, what, three years since that inaugural season? Teams have figured out how to play. That core right there is still intact very much into that team. Teams know what to expect when they play LAFC now, you know. It's not that Mark Anthony K's, I, I would say, quality has gone down. That's debatable. But I really think teams have figured out Bob Bradley and figured out how this midfield plays. Yeah, but I I would disagree with this. I think they figured out the whole four three three system. I think just just the inadvertent passes when it shouldn't happen, right? It is it's just it's just been the trend, right? But I, uh, nevertheless, I I think um you know he shouldn't be the fall guy for LAFC because it's the whole team to be honest. When they lose like that, um he's had right the last memory people are gonna have you know during this break is is that pass, and I think that's what upsets a lot of people when even when his name gets brought up. Um, you know, but it, but it's, I, it, to me, it's like, I think it, we just, I think you want to see more of the consistency of, Hey, if, if a player makes this type of mistake and you bench him, you know, I think it should be the whole way through. I'm not the coach. I'm not LAFC. But that that's just how I think I would see it and I would do it. Right. But we're just, we're just here to, to talk about that. G money brought a great point. We'll, we'll, we'll finish this with this. Cause we're over like by like 10 minutes. I just realized um, Janela is getting paid, you know, five, 400, 543 and sitting on the bench, uh, try him for a game. I mean, I mean, he has not, he has not played making half more than half a million dollars. I think that that makes it tricky. Uh, you know, and I think, you got to throw someone in there, you know what I'm saying? Someone in there. And, um, but what are your thoughts? Are you, would you start K after this break? I know he's played some time with the, with the national team. I know the competition hasn't been as strong, but would you, would you start K Kirk after, after this international break? I might give him one more run out. I mean, I, I've kind of pegged this, this four game homestand that they have as like, this is, this is the, the do or die time. Right. And, uh, they looked okay against Colorado. They, I mean, they do you feel like a, it's the do or die time for like the the team or Bob Bradley or everybody in in general? Uh, I'm I'm not on Bob out on Team Bob out yet, um, but I think I think you have to make significant changes. If you come back from this international break and you still look disjointed, uh, then you got to start talking about blowing up some spots on this roster and and fixing things. Um, to go back to sorry, G Money's. Getting us again there, didn't we? He said, "This is the easiest team to plan for. It's the same thing every yeah. single game." Yeah. So I mean, it, it goes back to what I was saying, right? If there's no creativity from 
from anybody behind the, the front three, then you're done because teams can park it and, and play right over the top of that midfield that we talked about um, as defending so well. Uh, so I, I might give K one more run out, um, you know, see, see how it looks after. Cause again, you have like two, two weeks here where you're in training, trying to fix things. Um, but the point about Janela is a good one. Janela is there. I see Janela as an eight. I know a lot of people see him as a six because that's where he played uh, when he was with uh, Montevideo Wanderers. But to me, he doesn't have the defensive presence to be a six. And he's, he's so clean in the passing game that that's, that's what LAFC needs. They need, they need some kind of presence that's going to connect more passes further up the field. But um, yeah, give him one more run out and, and see what happens. And, Pretty soon, pretty soon the, the calls are going to be fast and furious for things to really change in a major way, especially with the transfer window open and you've underperformed in this in this uh, homestand. Yeah, I mean, I think the transfer window officially just opened yesterday. So, uh, Total Galaxy, Tony says, that's nothing. We got 800,000 player defenders sitting on a bench, and I think he's referring Leon to Carlo Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Yeah, Gonzalez, what, are, what are your yeah. thoughts on that? <laughs> I, I guess you could say both teams have kind of missed, you know. Uh, Carlo Gonzalez did play in Costa Rica's friendly against the USA. Um, I didn't get to watch it, so I can't really evaluate his performance. But, he got um, roasted by Daryl DK a couple of times, but... Yeah, that's that's not something I wanted to hear, but uh, oh man, um, just didn't work out for him really in 2018, 2019. Just didn't work out, you know. Um, the teams really tried to rebuild that that uh defense, you know. The only pawn that's really been consistent has been Daniel Stares for the past couple of years, and you know, we've seen the rise of Julian Araujo at that back line. Um, now you have Derek Williams, Sega Kulabali, whoever gets put there, you know, and then Villafania. We had in Sua last year, you know. Um, the team's just trying to figure out a lot of things right now as well. You know, yeah, we're doing pretty good overachieving, but there's still tons of questions left. Um, obviously, Chicharito, can he, because he's been kind of uh, absent from a couple of games. How often is that going to happen? You know, um, we haven't really fully evaluated Kevin Cabral yet. Samuel Granzier is still getting his feet wet in the MLS. You know, the midfield's been moved around a lot, uh, like way too much, more than I'm comfortable with, really. Jonathan Dos Santos has had a really inconsistent partner. Hopefully when Ryan Revelson comes, you know, he'll be the solid partner for Jonathan Dos Santos. And then the defense is a monster of its own, really, that, you know, keeps having these problems. But o- overall, you know, I think uh, we're going to move on from Giancarlo Gonzalez uh, during probably this transfer window. I think he's staying in MLS because he's getting his green card. So I think maybe a team like, I don't know, FC Cincinnati, um, you know, a team like that, you know, that really has been struggling defensively. Um, I think they could probably be like, hey, we'll, we'll we'll pick this guy up. Yeah, I can definitely see him if that makes sense, you know, him staying here. But that's going to wrap it up, guys. We went way over. I didn't think we were going to go, but it was, I mean, it was a great conversation. Uh, Kirk, uh, thank you for being on. Love to have you on again. Um, let the people know where they can follow you and where they can listen to your podcast. So uh, Josh and I run the podcast called uh, The Counter Press. You can find us at counterpress underscore on Twitter. Our Instagram game is terrible. Uh, I didn't even realize that until today when Gio was like, hey, man, what's your Instagram handle? I was like, what are you talking about, man? Uh, <laughs> well, I was going to tag because I, I I usually tag people. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let people know like, hey, we're having, but uh, you have Twitter, so I tagged you on the Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So we're much more active on Twitter. We do have a sub stack. But if you just go, if you go to our, our Twitter page, again, at counterpress underscore, you can, you can see all of our stuff there, uh, articles or podcasts or whatever. Nice. Uh, Total Galaxy, let the folks know they can follow you. 
Um, yeah, uh, so if you want to follow us, we cover the Galaxy news, everything, team news, you know, and just overall what the players are doing as well on our story. We'll post about what's going on with a couple of players. Uh, just just uh, tag below at Total LA Galaxy on Instagram and Twitter. You will get tons of information on the Galaxy, and you'll definitely be in the know what's going on with the club. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you, everybody in the chat that tuned in. Great questions uh, from everybody. Um, as always, uh, we're going to switch back next week to Monday, Tuesday. I, I did a surprise Thursday. I wasn't going to do a show, but I was like, you know what? Might as well have a show. And as always, if you guys want to follow me, you can follow me at Gio Garcia LA on Twitter. Uh, for Kirk and Alex, this is Gio. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.